Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle moody Mel, And I'm not a lying motherfucker. <laughs> Are you sure? Do we know any lying motherfuckers? We know some. And Who? there's some in this political race, apparently. Ooh, Donald Trump is already running. We knew that. Well, we know that. But there is somebody else. And he's one of the B-boys. Is he short? Pete Buttigieg. What? He seems so earnest and so nice. I think he's earnest about his elitism. <laughs> <laughs> what did he lie about? So, okay. Bring all the receipts. There are, so here, here are the receipts is that right now there is a video that has been circulating around on social media where Pete Buttigieg is sitting down with a bunch of older white men to talk about how in the black community and in low-income communities, apparently we don't value education the same way because what? we don't have any role models what? for that. And so essentially the barriers that we have the racial wealth gap and undereducation and underemployment all stem from the fact that we don't have the right role models in so our communities. It has nothing to do with structural racism or systematic that, oppression or anything like well, that. Well, it's not that we can't acquire the education. It's that we don't know. We don't know anybody. We don't even know that education works. Correct. Even though black women are the highest degree attaining group in America yes. of all demographics, mm-hmm. but we just don't know that we need education to overcome. Right. So what oh. essentially we need, according to Pete Buttigieg, is that we just need more role models and not structural change. And it, what it does, and I think that what this underscores and why people are so pissed off and why it is trending right now on Twitter, and this is based off an article in TheRoot.com by Michael Harriet, is the fact that. Pete Buttigieg has a problem with the black community. Mm. He has a problem speaking to and about our issues. He's had one problem after another in this regard. And this video just goes to show that it's not this, oh, shucks, I just said the wrong thing as it pertained to the unarmed black man that was shot in South Bend, but that this is actually persistently a part of his character, which is misspeaking. Right. Or speaking out of his ass. But this is speaking out of his ass, but it's not a lie. There are actual lies that he's told, right? Yeah, there are actual lies that he's told where he has said that he's received certain endorsements from the black community that he did not, in fact, have. Oh, no. For Pinocchio's. Right. So, I mean, look. 
he has a problem. He's doing very well. He's polling very well in Iowa. And let's understand why. Because of the demographic makeup of Iowa and what New Hampshire looks like. But as he's making that... The whiteness. Right. The whiteness of it all. As he's making that slow walk to South Carolina, and as many of us are starting to wake up to the reality of things that he has said, he has not made a pivot or a reflection on any of the shit that he has said about black people. And I will say this... To me, in some instances, and I know people will come for me, but he is the white liberal that Martin Luther King fucking warned us about Mm. when he said that, you know, it's one thing to be hated to your face a la Trump and Trumpian ideology. It is something else to have people who say that they are in your corner, these quote unquote democratic progressive liberals, however, and say that you're in our corner, but you actually don't really think much of us either, Mm. right? But you're going to do it in this very paternalistic, oh, they just don't have the right role models. So sorry for boo-boo on the street, right? Like, that's the kind of shit that liberals do that is just as problematic as the overt racism that the Trumpians do. Mm. So I, you know, I just say, keep your eyes open. It's been an interesting recent two to three weeks as pete has risen gotten a lot of attention the microscope is getting sharper Mm -hmm. on him he's doing really well with older americans right we dug into some cross tabs which we'll get into more as we go on he's polling at like six percent under 29 among 30 to 44s four percent very very low but among 45 to 64, he moves up to 10 percent over 65 he's at 14 percent so it's older moderate backward-looking, oh, see, they'll come see, for me on that, Democrats who are liking Pete Buttigieg. But I think that that makes sense because there's nothing that Pete Buttigieg is offering that is actually very future-thinking. Mm. He is just a younger Biden, right? So older voters can feel really comfortable voting for him because they can say, look at us, we're progressive because he's so young and he's also gay, right? So he can check those boxes. But when you look into his policies, he's not a progressive. He is just a young centrist Mm. and believes in moderation. So it makes sense that he would be polling so well with older people. But when the young folks are looking for student debt relief, when they're looking for housing relief, when they're looking for ways in order to increase their wealth and earnings, right? He's not offering those things. He's not offering those pieces. So that's why when we look at those polls, we see Warren and Bernie doing so well with younger folks because they're prescribing a future for them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that has already been attained by the older set, right? They're not struggling, still strapped. Those 50 and up, the boomers, like they're not struggling with their student loan debt. They're not living in their parents' basement, not being able to move out. So that's why he's doing so well. That centrist vision does well with older folks because they've already achieved everything. I mean, Pete's not going anywhere with black voters. We still have Biden with a commanding lead over black voters. We see Bernie and Elizabeth Warren polling around 12 percent. Mm-hmm. with black voters so they're very tight but there's still a lot of voters who can be won over there's still a lot of voters who are saying they have not decided so the race is in flux and i think because i was getting closer and because the race is in flux and because we start to see somebody's going to soon take the lead there's still a lot of room to move knives are out yeah. and just today mm. i saw two stories that show how much the knives are out that the big dog is starting to wag his tail and say where he thinks the Democratic Party should go. And who is this? Because well, he's been absent Barack for quite Obama some time. Barack mm-hmm. Obama suggesting that 
He doesn't think Biden is connecting with voters. So he has eyes. So he <laughs> Which gives lie to Biden's ridiculous thing about I asked Barack not to endorse me. Okay. That's sort yeah, of like that's what I do. That's sort of like, my most powerful friend. You know what I don't need? Your help. <laughs> right, right, right. I asked LeBron not to pass me the ball. Like, okay, sure you did. But we also saw perhaps even more to the point, Barack Obama saying that if Bernie Sanders seemed to be about to take the nomination and yeah. take the lead, that he would basically intercede and tell Democrats we should not go down this road because this man is not a real Democrat. He's not, but he's never professed himself to be. And I think that one of my personal issues, and so I agree with President Obama there, one of my issues with Bernie Sanders is that, like, why didn't you just run as an independent? Why don't you because just run? Not a viable why option. don't you just? Because yeah, he wants to have a chance but to you win. Want, but you want to have it both ways. No, and he that wants to, to have me, a chance to win. And that to me is problematic. But I think why that. Why are his ideas not. From The New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Not possible within the Democratic Party. Why does he think his ideas are not possible within the Democratic Party? I mean, look, I would like to see him just say, I will join the Democratic Party. That would be the easiest thing of I all. think so. And I'm not really sure why he persists in saying he's not joining the Democratic Party. However, why are his ideas not possible? If so many I, Democrats not, like him, why is his socialism, which I don't use as a negative word, mm -hmm. why are his positions frightening to where Obama would feel a need to come in and say oh, anybody but him. They're very radical in comparison, right? And what did Barack Obama get quoted as saying? Most voters, they don't want a revolution. They just want to be okay. No, he was an incrementalist, right? and I understand that. And, and I think that the idea of this democratic socialist construct is something that is very terrifying to centrists like Barack Obama and to, frankly, those older voters. And he's like, look— 
you've already screwed us once. Because I honestly believe that a part of the sentiment that he has about, like, not Bernie is also very personal. Bernie Sanders was one of, okay, in a mix with Russia and Comey. and all of and and all of that and nonsense of the emails and Hillary's and... own faults. But Bernie was also one of the obstacles to Obama being able to have the longevity of a legacy that he needed. I don't because think that's fair. He bu- because he blocked Hillary Clinton from being able to seize the nomination right out from the jump, and it became this long, arduous battle that then allowed Trump to be able to create an enormous platform. I'm not sure that that's fair. I don't think that Bernie made Hillary a weaker candidate. I don't think asking Hillary to go the full mile Mm -hmm. in proving herself and her ideas made her a weaker candidate. And what we see in the wake of her loss, Bernie-ish ideas becoming more prominent in the party, the party was having a necessary discussion about who do we need to be? And Uh, a lot of the Bernie ideas won out. And I could swear I heard Kornacki once say nine in ten Bernie voters ended up voting for Hillary. So if that's the case, he didn't. And they made a big the ones who did not made a big deal. Right. And there are some Bernie Trump voters. But for the most part, they went home to Hillary and voted for her. So to put him in a cabal with Putin, Comey, Hillary, et cetera. I have a problem with that. I also have a problem with the idea that Obama is making this a personal decision. I don't think that he is. I think that he's trying to look at the future of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. This is the man who said, Hillary, we just spent months clawing each other's eyes out. I won. Now I'm going to give you the most important job in my cabinet because I understand it's bigger than me. So I think he's looking at this saying, it's bigger than me. And for his calculation saying... I don't think that guy can win because he's not a real Democrat. So let's not go that road. I think that there are a couple of things that are there, which is one. I do think that the perception of this battle that happened between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton mattered a great deal and gave a lot of fuel to Trump's fire that was already burning. Remember, most of this country, for whatever reason, Democrat or not, Hated Hillary Clinton. True. Right? So that's very true. But did Trump Bernie didn't have scope, to do. But did Bernie push that? Because Bernie was like the most, let's say, gentlemanly campaigner of all who was not like throwing mud at Hillary. He was like, I'm not talking about her emails. I'm talking about policy. He's I'm talking about talking, ideas. He's talking, he wasn't talking about her emails. And as a matter of fact, he was the one that said, let's stop talking about her goddamn emails so right. that we can start focusing on policy. But there was this long, drawn-out, I'm never giving up. And it was like his endorsement, to me, was very lackluster. And the perception that there were these Hillaryites and then there were these Bernie bros and that they were not going to come together to rally in the way that we really needed publicly to show it doesn't actually matter, we just need to stop Trump, that really did not come until towards the end. And look, Hillary Clinton... Not a perfect fucking candidate by a any stretch, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I would say that Trump is a fucking horrible candidate, right? No, but I like, would, it's I would given, disagree with but you. He's given he was a great candidate. Of, he's given all of the leeway. He's given all of the audience. It doesn't matter what he says. Nobody's talking about his outfits. Nobody's talking about his past relationships. We about he was this gi- stuff. he was given a fucking he green a light force down field a free that made way. people not pay attention to that stuff. One thing that I mean, Trump gave great speech which he continues to be able to do to get in a hall 
and give great speech, which Hillary could not do. And another thing that because Hil- people were expecting Hillary Clinton to actually have policies to be like the Lincoln, to be whatever. Donald Trump doesn't give a fucking speech. Donald Trump gets out. He's the most incoherent, backwards, ignorant person I have ever heard open up in their goddamn mouth. And the only reason why it resonates is because those backward motherfuckers that follow him, right, that's how they speak on a regular basis. He spoke to people at their level. Look, one thing that Donald yeah, Trump was did, level, which, right. which Beyonce would understand, Donald Trump what? understands a did- hammer hook. Mm. Donald Trump had a campaign is mm-hmm. lucky to get one good hammer mm-hmm. hook, like hope and change. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can. Trump had like five of them. That is really hard to do. And Not he kept creating them. Over- no, I understand that. But he was able to collapse what his ideas were mm-hmm. into these great little phrases that even those of us who hated him and understood that the phrases are bullshit, we understand what he's saying when he says build the wall, when he says drain the swamp, we, and when what he says I make say America great it's again. It's very easy to do all of that when you're trying to put that on a bazooka wrapper. But if you're actually trying to drill down into real policy and real work because the tent is so fucking big that it's not just enough to terrorize people that immigrants are coming to steal your jobs and rape your white daughters, like if that is your message, that's totally easy to do. We actually have a heavier lift because our tent is bigger. And we're trying to appeal to so many different types of people. And so it's not as easy. Look, I always complain about the messaging that Democrats have because I think that their messaging is shit. But I also recognize that the messaging is really easy when you don't have to believe in facts, when you can True. just spew bullshit, when you can True. just lie. And the con- and when you are literally speaking to the bottom Right. We're talking about the undereducated and the highly racist. That combination of that two really, really devastating. But one of the things that we as a Democratic Party came out of 2016 saying was that we need to let the people decide. Mm -hmm. Right. And let's take away the power of the superdelegates because that Mm -hmm. is not Mm -hmm. helping us. And what we're seeing in this Obama moment is the ultimate superdelegate saying, I'm going to put my finger on the scales if you regular folks can't figure it out. And I love Obama. Love him. He can do no wrong. Sometimes he can. He could walk on water. I'm like in that SNL. Remember the SNL Mm -hmm. sketch where they're like, well, what if he did it? Like, we still support him. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But are we okay with him putting his finger on the scale? Or should it be like, we want you to ride with whoever we pick? Like, tell us your view, but don't be getting in somebody's way. I don't want Obama to be in anybody's way right now, which is why I don't really give a lot of weight to these stories. Because once you start to, like, read them, you're like, oh, did he really say that? And who did he say it to? And what was the context? And how many years ago did he say this with regard to Bernie? But I would say, look, I believe in full strong democracy, which means that people need to be engaged and people need to feel like they have power. And that means that we get to choose who we want at the top of the ticket. And so allow us to do that. And then I need Obama to put not only his fucking finger, I need his whole body on the scale in order to catapult that person over Trump. Look, I think Bernie could be a fantastic candidate. I know he could be a great president. I am not yet ready to vote for him. I still prefer Elizabeth Warren, Mm -hmm. but I would be enthusiastically able to support Bernie and his mission. And I understand where he's coming from. And I think it's a great idea to have one of the smartest people in the country be president. 
as Look, opposed to what we've been I doing. I will vote for anybody that stands between me and the full-fledged apocalypse. Well, so, like, yeah. if that's going to stand between me and a knapsack and <laughs> fillet into fucking Canada, then I'm going to be about that life. Well, let's talk about the divide in the Democratic Party, because we see if we look into the crosstabs and understand mm-hmm. what the different age groups of Democrats are doing, yes. we see where the party's going and what the divide of the party is. If you look at people over 65, Mm -hmm. 38% of them like Biden, 17% of them like Warren, okay? Mm -hmm. Look at people from 45 to 64, right? My group. 36% like Biden, similar to the over 65s. 17% like Warren, similar to the over 65s. So over 45, Mm -hmm. you generally, about a third of a strong third prefer Biden and about a strong fifth like Warren and then after that, there's a lot of indecision. And there's a lot of voters who are still shopping mm-hmm. who are over 45, who have not figured out where they want to go. Under 44, Biden is third at best, okay? Elizabeth Warren is, I guess, a third of those voters. If you're mm-hmm. 18 to 29, 29% like Elizabeth Warren. This is the Economist YouGov's numbers. 30 to 44 years of age, 28% like Elizabeth Warren. Bernie is getting 23 and 22 percent with those groups. Biden, 18 and 22. So we see mm-hmm. the older, moderate, Obama nostalgic voters yep. going for Biden and dipping a toe in the Elizabeth Warren pond. The younger, more progressive, more future looking people who care about college debt, who care deeply about climate change are all about Elizabeth Warren with Bernie close behind her and Biden third. Mm-hmm. So here's the divide with the party. It's are age. the olds yeah. going to get what they want, which yep. is pretty much Biden, or are the youngs going to get what they want, which is probably Elizabeth Warren, but also interested in Bernie? I think what's really interesting here, too, which is that we know that Joe Biden, he steady has been going after the older voters, right? Yes. Because when it comes to who shows up to vote consistently, it is going to be the middle age to older voters. However, we also know that a big part of the Obama coalition that brought us the Obamas were the younger set of voters, right? That I think that right now Biden's campaign in a lot of ways has been dismissing them, right? So look, I think that if you were trying to grow a base, if you were trying to grow a party, if you were really looking for progress, then you need a future thinking candidate, a forward thinking candidate. And you've been saying since the beginning of democracy ish is that we always want to flirt with the progressive, Mm. but we always end up marrying the The centrist. That's who we put a ring on it with. I think that we may be. Finally, in a different space, regardless of how many billionaires are coming out of the woodwork Mm. to try and thwart Elizabeth Warren's campaign because they are terrified of what's going to happen to their billions. Like, oh, my God, I won't be a billionaire 100 times over, but only 50 Mm. times over. Yes. Boo hoo. I'm so sorry. Right. About that. So I think that we are in a space right now where there's a lot of thwarting that's going on with late entries and purposefully around Elizabeth Warren. But I think that she, Bernie, they need to they need to hammer it down on the younger people. Are they coming the billionaires for Elizabeth Warren? And you mean Tom Steyer? You mean Michael Bloomberg? Are they coming for Elizabeth Warren? Are they coming because they see Biden 
as a weak front runner who they could knock out, take out his knees and maybe make a My personal opinion is that I think that they're coming for Elizabeth Warren. I think that Wall Street is terrified. The amount of articles that have been written recently and the amount of billionaires that have been talking shit about Elizabeth Warren's policies and plans and saying how they are so far left, no one is going to buy them, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what? Voters need to be paying attention to who she is upsetting and who is speaking out about how upset that they are Mm -hmm. about the policies that she's putting into place to put together the wealth tax, right? Like, this is important because who is upset are the people that you should be leading into as opposed to away from. I mean, you know, I do note that I saw Obama with knives out for Biden and for uh, Sanders. Mm -hmm. So tacitly... He's suggesting her, and he worked closely with her. Obviously, he worked closely with Joe, but he worked closely with her. With the the consumer protection. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, he is an intimate part of her rise from activist to significant government official. Correct. So he has a personal stake in her rise, in her candidacy. I'm sure that he believes in her personally. I continue to find her to be incredibly honest and real. I mm-hmm. believe everything she says. I believe she means what she says. I also believe the hell out of everything Bernie says. Uh- hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Uh, when Joe, the, conviction, the rare times that Joe makes sense, I believe. <laughs> I believe he means well. I believe That's that he what, means it. I believe, but he I'm means also well. with Cory Booker. Like, were you high when you said that? Like, what is going on? Cory Booker has the best has canned the best. lines yes. attacking Joe. Were you high when you said that, Joe? Oh my God! So wait, on a show that we're gonna think about this from a black perspective should we give two seconds to deval patrick since his candidacy is going to last about that long right and he had about two people show up for an event at morehouse because so, he couldn't even get the brothers to come at out for him morehouse, the God. most like educated elite black men in the country we're like we're not fucking with you oh um i think that deval patrick look i think that he would have made a formidable candidate had he gotten into the race at the beginning. I think what he has come up against is that, one, not only is he coming from Bain Capital, which kind of makes me have a nasty taste in my mouth. Romney was um, at Bain Capital, wasn't he? Correct. 
Yeah, so they have they got something in common. <laughs> um, but Stupid. so so I believe that he would have been a formidable candidate. But I think that we have reached 2020 fatigue, and we are still some 60 plus days out from Iowa. Mm. And now you want to enter the race where I'm trying to narrow it down as mm-hmm. a voter. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your differentiator? I don't know what his differentiator is in comparison to this large. Field, What's his right? big idea? I don't know. He's not going to be able to buy his way in and buy all of the spots that Bloomberg is running right now right. out of his own money, right. right? So he's not going to be able to do that. He's not bringing in the fact that he has transformed, you know, New York City in right. the way that Bloom, Mess- Bloomberg. No, no, no. I'm saying in the way that Bloomberg, Bloomberg can say about you New mean, York City. You mean like by adding yes. stop and frisk and stuff yeah. like that and going after Slurpees? Yes, like he he can talk, Bloomberg can talk about smoking, New York City, he can talk about climate ban. change, he can talk about health and wellness, he can talk about all of those different he talk, types of to things. His, he can talk about his NRA opposition, I, right. I like that. Right, so he has these things that he can tell, but he can tell them with his own billions, right? Right, right? Deval Patrick has to have a base, a real constituency, and I'm like, who is it? Who is this? Uh, who uh, is this uh, base? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So he, that's what I'm saying. Like Bloomberg doesn't need one because he's going to buy them. But like Deval Patrick, I just know. I don't know what compelled him right now to enter the race, and he hasn't convinced me that he has the message that is worth getting at that the other twenty some odd people haven't already said. So we've talked longer about Deval's campaign than, than Deval's was... campaign will actually be. Correct. Um, Bloomberg, why is he getting in? Ego, ego, ego. Mm-hmm. He thinks that he can. I don't even think that he tracks in terms of being a na- actual national Democrat. Mm-mm. He's certainly not a national Republican, but he's running on our side. I just, I find with him, I am reminded of how offensive it is, how many billionaires there are, mm-hmm. and how much power they have in the country. Mm-hmm. And despite the Republicans' thesis being about the private market will take care of us. We do not see in the billionaire class that actually happening. And you have a group of people, a large group of people, who are each equally able to say, I want to make a significant change to the country and I can do it today. Any one of them could buy Fox News and shut it down. Any one of them could say, here's money. I mean, that's a good use of resource. Yeah, uh, yeah. or here's enough money to take care of Flint, now you're good. Like, Or some major problem is... Done like that. And I cannot think of anything. And people are like, well, Bill Gates is trying to solve poverty globally. Like, okay, but like, what have you done for America? And what you could change America tomorrow. You could say, let's get Wi Fi nationally for everybody. Here you go. It's nothing to me. I'm still stuck on the fact that what if a Bloomberg and a Tom Steyer got together to literally buy the state television, to buy Fox News out. Like, what would happen if then, oh my God, information, instead of being bifurcated as it is right now, that we were all receiving the same information, that it was actually based in truth and based in fact, and that they did that. I mean, there are so many, look, Tom Steyer was putting his money behind impeaching Donald Trump before there was an actual, like, movement to impeach Donald Trump. And I think that that's great. But there is so much more, to your point, where they could be putting their hundred times over billions of dollars into real significant change, other than a vanity project. To what you're saying, Fox News is a true cancer on the American consciousness. 
it is spreading disinformation, not even mm-hmm. misinformation, but the folks who are spreading it know that they are spreading fear yeah. and lies and a notion of being afraid of black and brown people and women and immigrants and people who are not Christian. It's a massive problem. I remember when Le Pen was running in France and mm-hmm. they said the reason why that insane racist didn't win is because France doesn't have Fox News. And if we did not have this massive disinformation propaganda network, propaganda funnel, just throwing this fact free narrative at millions of Americans every night, we would be a fundamentally different naked. And when it was just right wing radio, that was a problem, but it was not nearly the megaphone that Fox has become. Fox and if you is think, in I'm every sorry, hotel. If you th- every, and if you and if you think that CNN or MSNBC is doing anything at all no. equivalent to what Fox is doing to America, you are insane. It is not the same. It is not the same level of reach. It is not the same level of propaganda. It is not the same narrative that you should be afraid of a certain group of Americans that shapes the way we vote. And it is a major cancer on America. And what's problematic is that it's everywhere, right? MSNBC and CNN are not everywhere. Well, CNN is the wallpaper of America, airports and... But you're talking about, you know, on bases, Right. Military bases. They're Mm. playing Fox News. Mm. Right. You're talking about in hotels, at schools. Like there are places where we don't even realize because we have all of this choice with channel that Fox News is. And that is it. Right. Like in the reddest of red places like that's it. You're not getting MSNBC as part of like your package. Right. right? Like that's real stuff. And so the idea that you have, again, these billionaires, to your point, that could make significant significant impacts with the literal, the flick of a wrist, right? And don't because they want the notoriety on top of it because, like, to them, our democracy is worth, like, taking a risk on as if they're running for prom king. I'm, like, it it, it makes me so deeply concerned. And I think a lot of them lack the imagination to be able to do it. I mean, like, I see people making moves that, would be helpful to them, mm-hmm. but not making moves that would be helpful to a large group of people who are not them. Mm-hmm. And that is super disappointing. Anything else you want to say? I think we've said so much. <laughs> well, we need to wish people, you a know, happy, as they're a happy what are we gonna do? gathering with your family and friends to eat a copious amount of food that will knock you out. And remembering the, the American Indians who died. No, they didn't just die. They were murdered, they, slaughtered, Murdered, raped, assassinated, and, and slaughtered, yes. Yeah, just so that you can have corn and stuffing. I hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> Watch some football. Oh, wait, no, don't do that. <laughs> they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't give Cap a chance. The whole Kaepernick thing. It wasn't a real tryout. Don't watch. Don't watch anything. Uh, Just listen to Democracy-ish. Over and over with your whole family. That won't cause any arguments between the olds and the youngs. (laughs) We will be back next week if there's still an America. Pray about it.